time When we heed a certain call When the world must come together as one There are people dying Borag Thongers, let's it's Conrad alongside my friend Fox. This is the 130th episode of Space Spinner 2000. Yeah, podcast for two Americans try to make sense of the UK's own galaxy's greatest comic, 2000 AD. One month of progs at a time. This episode we're covering 2000 AD for May 1985, progs 416 to 418. This time it's the big spring relaunch with a new story oh, for snap. Dread. Yeah. Uh, the return of Strontium Dog, the debut of Judge Anderson's solo strip. And because last, and because, uh, last week was so long, this is a rare three prog episode. Let's jump in. Yeah. That means a lot for me. <laughs> it, you know, it's amazing. It really is, uh, you know, getting a chance to sort of live it up here. Um, if you want to read along with us, you'll find the comics we're covering today in Judge Dread, the complete case files eight slain time killer. Rogue Trooper Tales of New Earth 3, Strontium Dog Search Destroy Agency Files 3, and the Judge Anderson Psy Files 1. Whoa. Whoa. And speaking of which, let's start out with Through One Anderson Psy Division. Oh my god, I get all the things I want out of this comic and more. (laughs) Yeah, man. I'm really... Just happy about all of it. <laughs> <laughs> Script about Alan Grant and John Wagner's Grant Grover. Art about Brett Ewins. Letting about Tom Frame. And Judge Cassandra Anderson wakes up sexfully as the uh, <laughs> as the specter of Judge Death rings in her head, telling her that he's back and that he'll get his revenge. Man, I love it when I have good dreams. You know, just like ghost dreams. Yeah, sits all the way up, like holding the uh, blanket up and stuff. Very nice. Um, oh uh, man, these guys are guys are scumbags. Um, anyhow, it's uh, it's fucking fantastic. <laughs> She's called the Psy Lab, and we got a quick recap of the events of uh, Judge Death Lives, basically. Where they oh, hey, she yeah. also she also puts on a, a beautiful silken robe. I'm, the highlights, man. These are important pieces right. of information. Yeah, sorry. She takes a second to go from the robe to donning to uh, zipping up her uh, her judge um, uniform and stuff. And we get the uh, the recap of Judge Dredd lives, where you know she and uh, and or Judge Death lives, where she and Joe Dredd went to Dead World, the home dimension of Judge Death, and she killed them all with psychic energy. You know, uh, Dead World. That's really on the nose. I mean. <laughs> Just- I don't, I don't feel like it wasn't always called Dead World, you know? It sort of changed its name after it, after it got there, you know? It's, oh, it's just like a rebranding? Yeah. Once Once everything went to death. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, okay. you know, at, yeah, at, at this point it can no longer be Fluffy Bunny World, bro. Like, you know. <laughs> I really hope it was Fluffy Bunny World before. It's not like, uh, it's not like Rogue Trooper where, like, the guy named, the guy who turns into the gun is called Gunner from the mini, from when he was five years old, you know? <laughs> um, anyhow. Excellent. She's called to Scilab, and uh, at Side of Vision, she scans the mind of a corpse to find the location of a kidnap victim. As you do. I mean, scanning the mind of a corpse. Yeah, why not? You know, you got to figure out they've got the information, oh. the size to get it out, I, you know? I, I love how it goes from corpse, yes, I can read it, to uh, totally dead corpse, in which case I can't read it anymore. Like, there's, there's at some point a yeah. psychic death. Yeah, Princess Bride scale, you know? Like, oh yeah, he's mostly dead. I can work with that, you know. Um, <laughs> so they figure it out vaguely. Anderson and Judge Grogan ride out to investigate the kidnapping. 
Um, in the ruins of the Wilson Tucker block, who was a pulp sci-fi writer, the judges take down the kidnappers and the baby kidnappee is saved. But Anderson sees the ghostly head of Judge Death. Time to totally freak out and I guess like chase a bro. Yeah, she follows it under. Yeah, <laughs> gotta follow these specters. She follows it underground where she is confronted by the evil lawman himself. Whoa. But he's just a ghost. There's yeah. no way. Yeah, ghost. Ghost death. Anderson confronts Judge Death as the grim judge kills a citizen in his pajamas and then fades away. She goes to investigate this, leaving Judge Grogan behind with the screaming infant uh, kidnap victim, which is pretty funny. Uh, I love how he's just holding it out from himself, like, man, I don't know how to deal with this. I mean, it's not like like Anderson does. Like, she's not like a mom or anything. Um, no. She's Anna, a side yeah, judge. Man. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, she ha- she gets a call and heads to the uh, Chuck Windsor luxury block. Chuck Windsor, of course, better known to you and me as uh, Prince Charles, where she oh. finds the victim she saw death killing, scans his mind, you know, another dead body scan kind of thing. <laughs> And uh, sees death himself. Her vision is confirmed, um, and but but she's confused because she knows that she killed death and the other four, uh, the, the other three dark judges back in that story. So what's the deal? Yeah, man, being stony faced in it. So I guess let's take a trip to uh, the Black Museum, which really yeah. Black Museum is pretty fun. Uh, we're going to see more of it in the years to come. There's actually sort of an anthology story, like, like a future shock kind of. I think in the, most in the, in the, in the Judge Red magazine, that's like, oh, we're in the Black Museum. Here's this thing. Let's tell like a spooky Judge Dredd story about it sort of thing. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, I like as how we, they have the brain of Judge yeah, Cal. As it is, we got a bunch of exhibits of, of big uh, Mega City One stories. Yeah, brain of Judge Cal is a stuffed Clegg, a bunch of sob sit stuffs, uh, a T Rex of one of these T Rexes, I guess. There's <laughs> so many. <laughs> There's the, at least like three in, uh, in Mega City One's <laughs> history, you know. Um, from the installation of Dark Judges, Anderson grabs the fully functional Dimension Jumper from Death's Belt. Just leave that lying around. Um, and Not she, a good idea. She prepares to investigate Dead World, and she warps over. And man. Man, it's great. Yeah, Ewan goes crazy drawing Dead World. It just is I ma- love this tower. Totally. Yeah, it's, just, it's this massive city with buildings that are either made to look like screaming skulls or uh, angry faces and stuff like that. It's really awesome. Or mouths coming out of mouths where the mouth is attached to a giant hand pulling itself out of the mouth. Yeah, just a lot of like real good, like, oh, everything's scoop, spoopy poopy um, imagery and stuff. <laughs> it's really good, too, because this episode's going to come out uh, the Monday before Halloween. So it's real nice to have Ooh. some uh, some scary stuff in here. Um, it's Castle Grayskull on acid. Yeah, it's well, it's like it's like if you had like seven Castle Grayskulls and kind of mashed them together and then made, made them down the plastic. Yeah, and then kind of made them a little bit more urban, but only slight. Yeah, if you yeah, <laughs> if you combine Castle Grayskull with the Ghostbusters uh, base or whatever. Oh, that's <laughs> great. <laughs> Anyhow, and, um, the, and the Mountain Doom from Mighty Max. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and maybe the GI Joe uh, aircraft carrier that you have to play in <laughs> play with in your front yard because it's so big. Um, oh man! Uh, yeah. Enough eighties toys generally. Um, Anderson goes to the Dead World Hall of Justice, which is where the big showdown was in the uh, in the previous story. When suddenly the ghostly heads of the dark judges come to life and attack her. Oogie boogie. I guess they're going to just wrap around her and 
Yeah. Make her do stuff. Yeah, I mean, first death kind of grabs, or first fire, I should say, like, surrounds her and makes it so she doesn't use the dimension jumper just to escape. Um, And then, yeah, you know, death sort of, you know, death has possessed Anderson before in previous stories. Um, And so he just sort of continues using his evil psychic mojo on her here and making him, uh, you know, making her his slave and all that junk. Um, it just really feels like all of this was a bad idea, but you know, Anderson, she'll she'll kick it. Yeah, I mean, you should definitely like if you're gonna cross dimensions, you should do it with a buddy and like yeah. you know have it so that if if you, people jump back, like folks will be waiting for you. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's like the the gate they it's like the uh, the the plate they put in front of Stargate, right? Like you know, just in case. Yeah, exactly. They take control. They force Anderson to walk to the to into the necropolis of the Dead World Hall of Justice, where she finds four perfectly pre- preserved mummy bodies. Lucky for us, I guess. Yeah, grossly, she dresses them in the clothes of the Dark Judges, and, and then spray the goo. Yeah, injects him with the dead fluids. And oh, not even injects. Let it flow over them. They just squirt them with the death. <laughs> Gross. <laughs> it's really weird. <laughs> their spirits re-enter their new body bodies, and when they do, uh, Anderson regains her mind. She tries to pull her lawgiver, but it's too late. The Dirk Judges live again. Oh, man. Rough. Yeah. Next time on Judge Anderson, the first judged. Okay. I'm liking it. I like Judge Anderson. I think she's great. She's yeah. She's doing psychic stuff. Yeah, real fun. The art's real great. Um, of Anderson generally, and just stuff like all of the uh, all the dead guys coming back and stuff like that. Dead World, all the uh, um, dark judges and stuff like that. This is going to be real fun. Um, I believe it's going to cross over with actual Judge Dread uh, next episode. And you know, it's it's. I think it's really neat. Um, yeah, just this sort of. There's so much stuff in Dread's world that having these kinds of spinoffs of. Um, of of the dread characters, I think it really makes sense and is really fun. You know, yeah, absolutely. I, Man, that's cool. Yeah, they, I, like play off each other. Yeah, or at least I believe um, dread like responds to a place where where death has a, has attacked. Basically, mm-hmm. um, I believe Anderson was going to be part of the uh, of the uh, proposed but not followed through on uh, Judge Dread fortnightly comic, but I, I could be wrong about that. Oh, um, okay. Yeah. And speaking of exciting new adventures and um, evil monster guys. Time worms. Yeah. Thrill to slain. My favorite part about time worms are when they lay eggs and then you have to like jump in its yoke to travel through time. I mean, best way to do it, you know, for sure. That's the best time shotgun we've seen so far. <laughs> so, yeah, Slain, man, he's going to time. Oh, yeah, sorry. Yeah, script wrote about Pat Mills, art wrote about David Pugh, letter wrote about Steve Potter. No, I got you all excited. Oh, man. Yeah, Slane's going to time travel, buddy. He's going to do it with the help of slime from some smelly time eggs. Um, that's really gross. Gotta gotta keep them at low temperature, too. Yeah, they're eggs. They don't hatch. Totally, yeah. Eggs from an evil time worm, which is gonna... Uh, well, yeah, they're kept from hatching by the mystic refrigerator in the bottom of the uh, Druid <laughs> Temple of... Uh, Druid slash Atlantean <laughs> Temple of Dennis Emery's. Um, but now something's messed with that refrigerator and they're starting to hatch oh no oh man someone lit a torch under him and all these oogly gross time worms is getting woken up that's right uh slain's reluctant to do this whole time travel fighting thing because he wants to help his, his tribe 
But uh, Murden makes the case that the Scythrons are the source of all the world's evil. And we see some time images of their power, which includes stuff like uh, Hitler, the atomic bombs, and that fo- famous uh, photo f- from the Vietnam War of uh, Win Van Len getting uh, shot in the head in the middle of the street. Which, all right, uh, damn. Yeah, basically, you know, the Scythrons are going to end the world. So you got to, like, fight them. Because so sa- you save your tribe by stopping them by for, from not destroying the world, you know. Um, yeah. this Plus, bring- uh, we'll throw in weapons, yeah. I guess. This brings us to the Battle of Clontarf, where the Irish fought the Vikings with their Irish allies, don't trip about it, um, who were <laughs> commanded by the Changeling Elfric. While I remember that from history. Yeah, I mean, it's a. I feel like if you're Irish, this is a pretty big thing because it's sort of the the it's it's when the Irish sort of uh, declared independence from mm-hmm. the Vikings. Um, I and, guess I and, mean and the, the Norse invaders. The yeah. Oh yeah. Sorry. <laughs> I mean, you 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 heard of the Battle of Clontarf. You probably not have heard that the Norse uh, battle leader Elfric was an L, a uh, a demon from beyond stars, beyond the stars and time. <laughs> I mean, I took the extended course at university. I don't know about you. Fair enough. The Irish, on the other hand, are commanded by the king uh, Brian Boru and his son Murdoch. Only, uh, only slain can survive the time warp and slay Murdoch, or slay Elric, I should say. And in return, Mirrodin will supply the Cessair with cool, uh, Atlantean weapons. Yeah, but before that can happen, I guess, it's, uh, it's a gross worm party. Time war, time worm attack. Uh, and they just start jumping down a dude's mouth, which is really unsettling. Yeah, it's real gross. Uh, Slane goes to help them, but falls into the pool of time slime. And without his time code on record, which is the spiral of his thumbprint, you'll be lost in time forever. Oh, man. We better find a way to fix this. Yeah, we cut to a pre-battle Elfric being all debauched and evil again very kurgan in highlander that's how i feel mm-hmm. um he's one of his uh, officers comes with an offer of truce and he rejects it in favor of war and he sort of accuses this guy with the peace offer of being a, a traitor and we see a cool ancient like trial by ordeal where this guy has to um spit out the flame of a candle but because his mouth is uh too dry from lying he uh, he can't do it but in fact it's probably just from the trip from the from the trail or whatever but uh you know Elfric decapitates him as you do it's time for battle hooray, hooray. decapitation always the right time Slane fights through time as um Elfric summons crazy demons uh, at the same time, at the Celtic camp, uh, Murdoch is tired of Catholic prayers not being answered. So instead, he goes to the ancient mounds of the Celts and goes for ancient yeah. sorcery. He is down to clown with sorcery. It's great. Always the right I'm, time. I'm, yeah, right? Like, there's just this mound here with definitely ancient fucking powers. Why don't we do this? And the guy's just being all... Tuckley and Friarish. Absolutely. Yeah. Meanwhile, Nest figures out that a slain's thumbprint will be on his sword, and Mirden calls for the traitor that warmed up the eggs to be found. Inside the mound, just to keep rhyming, uh, Murdoch (laughs) is suddenly and magically replaced by a pissed off slain. Oh, man. And he's looking like real haggard. (laughs) He had a. He had a tough time fighting worms through time, you know? Um, yeah. And he, now he's just like, I smell battle. <laughs> yeah. Let's do this. He brushes past a nearby priest and heads out onto the battlefield where he sees the demonic carnage from uh, Elfric and his demons. And he whoops. <laughs> oh, man, it's awesome. I actually really like the way 
he warps in this and the giant spout of crap just coming out of his yeah. head. This is the first um, warp we've seen with these new artists, so it's cool to see mm. it. Um, it's yeah, he mo- good. Yeah, he's not like as, 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 as like twisted um, and weird as we've seen from mm. like Bella Ardinelli or or McMahon. And so, he, but he becomes real like. Um, cartoonishly huge and 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 like thickly proportioned and stuff but still with the big black goo sort of fountaining out of the top of his head he turns the wheels of a chariot into a murder bar yeah well yeah there's a war chariot with like big bladed wheels like in ben-hur next to him so he basically just Mm -hmm. grabs the axle from that um and starts taking dudes to town with it until finally, like, the axle breaks and the spokes, the wheel, uh, break down. And so finally he ends up with just two giant-ass swords with cool, like, uh, wheel spikes for a hilt, basically. Or, or a oh we- wheel spokes for a hilt. It's neat. <laughs> and with lips that just cannot cover his massive. Oh, no. Um, yes, we wades in he's killing dudes and demons left and right until finally in the battle he approaches elfric and it's showdown time oh man we're totally gonna kill this l yeah the battle for clontarf continues as uh the bat the babe i believe the uh okay. the battle maidens of slaufeg who we've seen previously arrive through the mists of time and we learn that this means that elfric is losing some power because he needs mortals to to, to direct his demon troops um, which damn all right uko calls these chicks the the l's bells which i thought was pretty funny that was pretty good <laughs> um and um Merton starts talking saying that all these guys bear the mark of the triskel which um is basically a three-limbed swastika that would later become literally a swastika as the nazis have our uh scythron uh back to back, uh, I, I guess um okay there I mean, we go fair enough i you know i appreciate the continued um 2080 move to explicitly link bad guys to uh hitler i'm fine with that that's totally yeah. cool <laughs> uh yeah up there with like uh zombies and and uh bad warlocks yeah uh, <laughs> so uh screw all this however though because it's elfric with his giant axe and slain with his two chariot wheels showing down in the rain and the thunder and man oh. it's real cool <laughs> they i like that they for a minute it's not it's not quite um quite as good as we'll see later with strontium dog and carlos Escara, but mm. they do start leaving these panels a bit more open for the ridiculous fighting that happens. Yeah. For me, it was pretty... It it, uh, it it had Strange of the Last Nemesis story where they had that mm. same uh, fight with, like, the hoof kicks and stuff like that. But, yeah. um, you know, the way Pew draws here, it really has, like, a big visceral, like, kind of muscly feel to it that... Um, I love the one of him just in the air, like arms and legs spread out yeah to, uh, like just the slam. way that the that, that they that it really shows the warpedness of these guys is really neat um but so yeah brutal fighting back and forth slain gets blasted by an eye beam from uh from uh elfric's third eye slain stabs the third eye with a dagger which like takes him <laughs> down um, he breaks off like this this uh, standing stone with like Celtic engravings on it, and just smashes Elfric in the chest with it three or four times. But even That's that doesn't awesome. kill him. So he like grabs Elfric's own axe and cuts <laughs> Elfric's head off with it. It's awesome. It's it's such a good fight, especially when you're beating someone to death with what is a tombstone, and then whatever else you've got. Absolutely. So uh, Elfric's been slain. Slain himself is badly wounded. 
and Murden starts a plan to heal him when our druid buddy, uh, Cador, pulls a laser gun, tells him to get away from the time controls, and he reveals that he's actually Lord Weird Slaufag! Oh my god, finally he's back. Next, yeah, next time, elsewhere. <laughs> Get it, <laughs> but I like how um you, I'm I'm really stoked how you remembered Slough Fagan asked where he was last episode. So it's cool to sort of get the answer for that for him to show up and stuff. Well, he was the big bad, you know. Like yeah. that was awesome. I liked the Slough types. Like that that was like a cool story arc that we just kind of dropped and then went somewhere else. Yeah, it's a neat sort of uh, return of the early of sort of the earlier version of Slain in this new mm. uh, sci-fi version of it. You know. I'm into it. I'm into this. Yeah, man. It's real good, this, right? This is fucking awesome. Yeah, wow. I'm yeah, real excited. Real, real, th- things are about to get even weirder, so this should be pretty exciting. Um, <laughs> even weirder than this? I can't. Time I can't, crimes. Yeah, we're about to get like full, uh, full anime, I guess, which is what I sort of refer to it when there's two warriors sort of on a, on a mythical beast that flies around. You just kind of float around, fly around having adventures and stuff. Um, oh, this is great. It feels very like Avatar or Pokemon kind of feeling to me. But anyhow. I'm into this. Yeah. You know, Slane's finding this. Yeah, Slane's working his way into this new job as um, a time killer. And speaking of people having or not having jobs, it's (laughs) Thrill 3, Judge Dredd. Another glimpse into the graveyard shift, but this time it's Sunday night. When all the crazies come out, I guess. That's right. I love uh, their explanation for this. <laughs> totally, yeah. Script about John Wagner, Alan Grant is TV Grover. Art about Cam Kennedy. Letter about Tom Frame. Yeah, man, it's like the graveyard shift on Sunday night, which is rough because pe- as people are looking forward to a Monday without a job, giving them Sunday night fever. Yeah, they just start going crazy because it's another seven days that they've been jobless. And it's well, like, you how can do tell I by the way again? I use my walk. I'm a, I, I am a, oh, God damn it. You can tell by the way I use my walk. I'm a mega citizen. No time for to job. <laughs> Anyhow. <laughs> I was going to cut that out. It was terrible. To plan, no, I, I, I should have should have pl- planned ahead for it more. Um, anyhow. Oh, that was so fantastic. I enjoyed it thoroughly. <laughs> so uh, we see a citizen snapping after 2,000 failed job applications. And we see Dredd trying to talk down a suicide club from jumping off a building. But only one is saved when the rest jump with ropes tied around them. And the survivor gets 20 years, naturally. So ridiculous. He saves them by cutting the rope and they all fall. Well, the rest of them, yeah, the rest of them were falling and he was going to get pulled off the edge too, but Dredd cuts the rope in the last minute and then he gets 20. (laughs) I mean, clearly this guy was ready to turn himself in. It's just like, it's so Judge Dredd. Absolutely. Yeah, good. Just good. You know, all this story is, or especially the starting part is real good. Slice Life Mega City 1 stuff. Mm. Um, Anyhow... It's a regular, you know, it's mostly a regular Mega City night, but Ruby Foulclaw is drowning her sorrows at a bar, wishing for a job, unbeknownst, oh, sorry, unknowing that she's about to cause the deaths of 15,000 citizens. Hard cut to a moment where Judge Dredd is, I guess, handcuffing people in a rhino suit. Yeah, we heard a call forward of a, cu- of a bunch of people running amok in rhino costumes. It's a, really, it's a real fun part for me because I've been playing that Spider-Man video game and you do fight the rhino in it, so it's really oh, good. Oh, that's excellent. <laughs> so, um, Ruby's drowning her sorrow. She almost had a job once as a canary person at Whiffin Gas. 
but she lost oh, okay. it to some guy named Mac. Suddenly, another bar patron is called Mac, and Ruby thinks this is the guy that, that got that job all those years ago. I really just jump to conclusions here, but all right. Absolutely. So uh, a fight breaks out. Ruby beats this guy to death with a bottle. And oh. she's like, you know, shocked at her actions and stuff. But everybody else has a whole different take on it. Namely, there's a job open at Whiffin Gas. We got to go apply. Um, now, it's not really obvious what this job position was when someone said it's a canary job or whatever, right? Like, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and I get that it's called Whiffin Gas. <laughs> Uh, but then it's, uh, yeah, you find out what it is, and even this job is something people... <laughs> um, yeah, totally. So, Dredd is investigating the slaying, and he finds the victim still alive. But the bad news is that word of an open job has sparked a job riot at Wh- at Gas as, mob- as a mob of thousands appears to claim the open employment opportunity. But hey, man, there's no job. Yeah, things get ugly when it turns out that Ruby has attacked the wrong guy, and Mac, the the canary man, is very much alive. Uh, the job seekers turn into job full job rioters and start smashing up the place, releasing a bunch of rodentine sewer gas, which immediately starts skeletonizing everybody. Whoa! It's a really bad thing. Maybe don't go into a gas plant and start bashing crap. I wonder if um, that actually was a job title if you work at like a gas um, place, like because like you know, canary in a coal mine is sort of a jo- is sort of you know, you take a maybe real, maybe apocryphal. You take a canary into the coal mine, if it, and if it dies, it means there's deadly gas in the mine. Yeah. So that's so, no, they don't have a job for humans to sit around waiting to see if the deadly gas shows up. You can't tell I mean, anybody. I mean, it could mean to just mean like that. It could just be another word for like night watchman, but it's like a night watchman specifically at a gas place. You know, I mean, like, it seems you but, know the guy who breathes the air, like yeah. is how they described it. So you're literally around there so that the robots know if there's a gas leak. <laughs> I mean, that's fair. It's, it's a it's a really horrible. It's like super dark. And this is why I love this. But. Absolutely. Also, just in time for Halloween, uh, the gas is flying around everywhere. We see a Justice Department manta swooping around a rapidly skeletonizing section of the city. Weirdly, the gas dissolves all your skin and muscles, but doesn't dissolve your eyes, which just sort of hang out in your skeleton eye sockets and stuff. Really gross. Yeah. The, uh, the job mob is killed, and even judges are taken out. Their respirator's not strong enough to protect against the gas. H-Wagons drop neutralizing agents around the Woody Guthrie and Bob Dylan blocks. Uh, you know, both, uh, whatever, singers and stuff. Uh, you know, countrified, yeah, I suppose. Singers. Yeah. Um, we see, like, just, pe- like, uh, drunks on the street being skeletonized. News reporters <laughs> warning everybody of the danger being skeletonized. It's pretty crazy. Um, <laughs> it's fucking Totally. Um, eventually, though, like, the Apocalypse Squad gets, or the Holocaust Squad gets the, uh, gets the gas corked and all the neutralizing agents are able to to, to uh, clean it out in about in a couple minutes but in the crisis 15 to 20,000 people have died which damn it's a lot <laughs> it's a lot in like a couple minutes uh, Dread quickly catches up to Ruby Falclow she didn't kill that guy in the bar so she'll be okay for that but she did kill 15,000 others so she's off to jail Saturday Night Fever is no uh-huh. joke it's a really good dread. Pretty cool, yeah. Just another sort of, you know, a, a cool three-parter. Just because we, which is interesting, because we had a bunch of one-parters recently. But yeah, all good, all by Cam Kennedy. Um, just another sort of of just how cheap life is in Mega City One. Next time on Judge Dread, relative dangers. 
Yeah. And speaking of things that are relatively dangerous, but probably not that much actually, it's <laughs> non-thrills, covers, and nerve centers. Oh my god, it's Zarja's eighth birthday issue. That's right, Prug 416. The future is here with 2000 AD's eighth birthday, or at least eight full years of weekly frogs. Hooray! <laughs> oh god, we've read so many years of frogs. It's, I mean, you know, not in comparison to the total, but I guess in an absolute sense, yes. <laughs> god damn it. <laughs> It uh it features both um as 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 Scare drawing uh, Johnny Alpha and Wolf and Ewan's drawing Cassandra Anderson. Uh, mm-hmm. Because of the anniversary, there's no nerve center this week. Instead, there's a data file on Tharg and just a list of, of Beeljusian phrases. Midprog, mm-hmm. you can win Commodore sixty fours and some Valiant Robo Turtles, which um is which are basically these uh, little ro- these little uh, yeah d- robot deals that move in real life based on logo programming. Which I think look really cool if just because they've got like this like a uh, glass like dome that's like the shell of the turtle with a bunch of like cir- of like giant circuit boards and stuff in the back that 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 it looks is really very neat. cool. Yeah, there, there's like YouTube videos of them and stuff, and they're sort of very um you know mid '80s like computer fun, I guess. Okay. Um, Prog 418, the big bust is go with a wonderful oh, panorama yeah. cover by Carlos Escara here. Um, showing Johnny Wolf and Middenface rolling out with the other bounty hunters. I love this story as a concept. Definitely. Um, in the nerve center, Tharg Lamal, head of uh, Millicom, is headed on for vacation after the big birthday. There's a picture of Nemestine, uh, Nemesis and Hammerstein. Awesome. Letters about about mutants and Mega City One lyrics, nominations for Kriltro Kril- Thargos, a band using an Anderson picture for their single, and addresses for comic book shops in Dublin and Manchester. Hmm. Uh, in Prague 418, it's Necropolis now. Robert Smith draws Anderson standing over a mummified body as the ghost heads of the Dark Judges, less Judge Fear, taunt her to action. It's very cool. Yeah. Um, uh, mummies are cool. I've, yeah, I mean, I am a- yeah, okay, fair. I mean... You know, I'm more of a Frankenstein. I'm, like I'm more of a Frankenstein man myself of the classic uh, monsters, but mummies are fine. Oh, I mean, all right. If we're going that way, then I'm a wolf. I, I like me a lichen. Wolf man, man. Yeah. <laughs> Twice the man, one times the wolf. All right. Yeah, and I call them Frankenstein's instead of Frankenstein monsters because screw everybody. Well, because there's more than one. And like, listen, yeah, everyone knows what you're talking. Everyone about. Everyone knows what you're talking about. Okay, so. Um, <laughs> Um, in the Nerve Center, there's a picture of Hitaki Tharg as assistant editor Sim 1, a.k.a. Simon Geller, takes over in the letter pages for this issue because Tharg's on vacation. There's a picture of Joe Dredd the Barbarian, letters from a cool. mom that reads 2000 AD, questions about reader art, corrections for a quiz in 1985 annual, and mid-prog is a pretty sweet full-color pinup of Nemesis, the vengeance of Thoth comes this autumn. Next to what I find as an uncomfortable sauce ad. Mm, fair. <laughs> but yeah, we're at the start of this is sort of they're they're actually they actually do a lot to keep Nemesis in people's minds um in the next couple months. Like next That's fucking smart. Yeah. Like next episode we're gonna get there's a big um th- uh throne picture of Torquemada in pinup oh. that's really cool. Um in four thirty there's like a Kev O'Neill like sort of single prog like a teaser script and then you know Nemesis itself starts in four thirty five. So this is an interesting like we don't actually see a ton of things that are like, hey, like remember this guy, like they're coming back in a little bit or something like that. So I'm excited. Well, I, you know, I think I think it's cool to see this. Before, they know what they've got. 
You know? Yeah, I think, and yeah, everybody's very, certainly very excited about more Nemesis, I think, which is cool. Uh, speaking of things people might be less excited for, Fox. Oh, yeah. Thrill 4, Rogue Trooper. Alright. Yeah, script robot Jerry Finley Day, art robot Jose Ortiz, letting robot Tony Jacob. Uh, Rogue walks the land of the planet Horst on the hunt for this antigen to fix the chips. One Nort bat is still high in the sky, following them way out of range of his weapons. The GI and chips are headed for the next zone, but to get there, they'll have to cross a crater sea. The, uh, uh good. Oh, no, I'm not saying anything. <laughs> Fair. The war-torn waterway is full of beached ships, all the south of design. Rogue manages to find some sort of cool war jet ski and then head out on the water. But they That's pretty cool. Yeah, I think it's cool. They stop uh, when they um, when something shows up dead ahead, some spherical objects. Is it mines? No. It's a dang man crab Nort Troop Navy. Someone watched themselves uh, a little bit of Alien before. It's true. Yeah, the, uh, the carapaces definitely have have some uh, have some inspiration from that. the uh, The man crab's shells are too hard to be shot directly, and it seems like it takes a magazine to take one out, even their soft spots. It's a real kind of Starship Troopers situation. Mm-hmm. Starship Troopers, the movie, um, and yes. uh, so Rogue zooms on under blaster fire from the crabs, smashing his way through. Up ahead, there's one more crab holding a nuke in its claws—a suicide strike. Which, <laughs> all right, uh, Rogue manages to jump in time to avoid the blast, I guess, from a nuke. But uh, yeah. the, the jet ski is destroyed, and Rogue swims to a nearby island to avoid the fallout cloud. But, well, it's like movie explosion logic, right? As long as you're under the water, you're fine. Yeah, even if it's a nuke, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> Just as long as, as you're vaporize yeah, so long as you're in water, and I guess you don't look at it, you're you're cool. Um, yeah. So the uh, rogue climbs up, swims to a nearby island to avoid the fallout cloud, but the crabs are coming after him. Um, on a single crater island, Rogue makes his stand as the crabs come after him from both sides. A classic pincer movement. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> wow. Who says Rogue Trooper isn't funny? Me. Um, it's a last sand time, and everybody gets in on the action. Bagman drops just a, a shower of grenades on these guys. That's the, that's the coolest thing that's happened in the last three issues <laughs> uh, in this comic. Uh, Rogue holds a flank with his entrenching tool as Gunner goes on auto fire. Even Helm gets on the action. Another front opens as Gunner bounces helmets off him to cover multiple fields of fire, which is ridiculous. <laughs> what the fuck? Eventually, the crabs pull back, but as Rogue rests, the ships realize the truth. The tide is coming in, and soon Rogue won't have an island left to stand on. Next time on Rogue Trooper, when the boat comes in. Man, I was going to guess, I mean, maybe this isn't it, but my guess is that flying thing, whatever it is, is going to just pick him up, or I guess it's a boat by the name of the fucking next issue. I mean, but... the bat hates Rogue. He killed, Rogue killed all the rest of his buddies, you know? That's fair. I, I, I like this story. I thought it was fun, just the um, tooling around the, on, the, uh, on the war jet ski, and then mm-hmm. I liked just the um, Rogue being sort of um, surrounded and all the chips having to do stuff to um, fight. I liked a little bit of levity of both the pincer um, movement joke and um, Gunner bouncing bullets off of Helm. Like, both of those were kind of funny moves from, from Rogue Trooper, which is rare for this thrill. So, the, yeah. so I thought I, that was okay, too. 
I thought it was fine. I liked it when he was like uh, using the shovel as a spear to, to like stab him in the. In the yeah, that was definitely parts. cool too. Yeah, good use of his uh, diamond-tipped and en- uh, entrenching tool or whatever. Which, you know. like, all right. <laughs> I mean, Rogue uses that a lot, man. I mean, his primary move is usually to bury himself underground. So you know, like, it's cool. As to see somebody it who happen. loves the video game Shovel Knight, I will never say that a shovel is not an, a, a good weapon. Super fair. And speaking of um, unusual weaponry, Fox, it's Thrill 5 Strontium Dog. Finally. Johnny Alpha's back. I yeah. love Strontium Dog so much. Totally. Script robot Alan Grant and John Wagner as Alan Grant. Art robot Carlos Escara. Letting robot Gordon Robson. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, so, Fox Law is being brought to the badlands of the planet Burrito. Uh, criminals. I love. I want to live on the planet burrito. FYI, I feel like I do. Um, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So apparently, the Badlands used to just be completely lawless, and and there was you know nobody did anything out there. But a new, um, har- the harsh discipline party has been elected to power, and so they've decided <laughs> to uh, enforce the law as, through any means necessary out there. And there's like oh, a twenty. There's fantastic. like a. Uh, yeah, an amnesty now where you can sort of turn yourself in and you'll get, a, I, I guess, maybe a reduced sentence or something. Um, yeah. Well, it's better than getting shot and killed, you know? That's definitely the offer that the uh, that the Breedens are, are offering the bad the Badlanders, though not all of them are taking them up on it, for sure. Um, no. Once the, uh, once the amnesty's over, though, the uh, they've called in bounty hunters from around the galaxy to take out the remaining banditos. Um, and it's real cool. Includes Johnny Alpha and Wolf, of course. The Howlers, who are these murderous monkey men from the planet Kung Hung, who look not unlike Bobo and the Bad Boys from long ago in Strontium Dog. Mm-hmm. These sort of uh, baboon men with guns and stuff. It's pretty cool. Um, yeah. And our old buddy Middenface McNulty. Oh, uh, hell yeah. Malumps. Malumps. Uh, the, Scotman, the Scotsman immediately gets in a fight with one of the Howlers after accused card che- cheating, and his money gets thrown in the fire. Uh, but Johnny sort of fires some shots and cools things off. The mutants share a drink. Of course, been faced with cheating, but there's no way that that uh, baboon could have proved it. So what the hell, <laughs> you know? Um, and uh, hey, why don't we all work together and split the rewards? And everyone's yeah. like, well, fuck, of course we're going to do that. Yeah, the mutants share a drink, agree to team up, and it's all cheers, and let's start hunting. Um, the next day, it's almost time to head out. Like, you know, it's it's right at noon. We see Middenface has this cool, huge barred trailer pulled by a tractor. He said it's a it's a Wii Mobile Berlini, which is I, I'm I'm sure pronouncing wrong, but a famous Scottish Scottish prison in Glasgow. Um, Middenface, why, fi- why not? Yeah, it's cool because uh, Middenface figures they can take bounties alive by stashing them in the trailer. It's got a fridge for when they take people dead, and it means that they can just sort of keep racking up the bounties and then sort of go back all at once instead of having to go back each time, basically. A fucking genius. It's cool, man. Everybody checks their loadouts. Johnny's got the usual time stuff and Electro Nux. Wolf's got the happy stick. Um, Noon approaches as one final outlaw tries to turn himself in. But while he crosses the town line, he doesn't make it to the actual, like, confessor's office. And instead gets stabbed in the gut by one of the howlers who kills him for his bounties. And the bounty was wanted dead or alive. So our guys find this to be very distasteful or take someone dead when you could sort of take them alive. Well, yeah, it makes them as bounty hunters all look bad. Like they're just some kind of killer guys. Yeah, bloodthirsty whatevers. 
So th- mm-hmm. they all head out. Three hours later, they've made their first catch. And Johnny lets Wolf and Middenface in on his plan, which is that on this planet is a fugitive known as Zen the Brain Wraith. Wanted for awesome. six million credits. And Johnny needs to catch him. Oh, that's so... It's brain real cool. Wraith. Brain Wraith. Yeah, we... <clears throat> We learn more about the brain wraith. He's a form of ectoplasmic energy, the worst kind of energy. But Johnny has a plan because he knows that Zen needs a ton of energy to live. So they'll just sort of keep searching around. Eventually he'll turn up, hopefully. But anyhow, let's get some some smaller fry. The dogs fall upon a gang of blobs holed up in the Badlands. And Wolf once again takes his role from the killing as a team bean counter. Figuring that they might get uh, 45 grand from this whole gang. That's uh, real good. Yeah, Johnny blows up their base, the number four cartridge, and the dogs start fighting their way through with just amazing action from Carlos Escara here. As these, it's as so good. They're all riding these like uh, dune buggy trikes, and they're like jumping off ramps and going through and shooting people and stuff as they go. It's real amazing. I love how he jumps through the window. Next panel is just him landing on his back as he's shooting a guy. Like, feels like one fluid motion. Absolutely. Yeah, awesome stuff. But eventually, Middenface takes a mighty kablaz kazam from a big <laughs> old gun. Help me, Bob. Oh, ne- my God. Next time, give that man a coconut. That's <laughs> Oh, great. Man, it was fantastic. I love Strange Team Dog. Yeah, real oh, fun stuff so here. And just, you know, uh, it, it, it's kind of funny because after Outlaw, which was such a uh, a big story, sto- you know, story, it's fun to mm. see these guys just get back to bounty hunting, you know, and just have a big story oh, yeah. that's about them kind of making money and getting a chance to see, like, alien, alien evildoers and stuff. And our boys just kind of blasting through them and stuff. That's real awesome. I love it. I love it. Absolutely. And hey, with that, Fox, ooh, short ooh. month this month. Yeah. Or a short month this episode, I should say. We finished 2000 AD Prox 416 to 418 for May 1985. And oh, yeah, man. With that, bro, I got one question for you, which is what were your top and bottom thrills? Oof. Oof. Oof, just so many good things this month. I, you know, I'm going to just slot in my bottom now. And I am sorry, Rogue Trooper, you were good. Um, But your bottom, because (laughs) holy shit. uh, Like, so Judge Anderson of Side Division, uh, Slain, and Strontium Dog um, were fucking absolutely great. Like, I thought Dread was okay. It's definitely not, like, we've seen better, but it wasn't horrible. Um, But, like, those three, for me really stole like a lot of attention and just kind of kept things going and it was mm-hmm. just really a lot of fun so it's sort of rough for me to choose i'm i, I will say that i'm kind of waiting for uh, side division to pick up a bit i think it's it's good it's not quite there um mm. but man oh man um i'll say the same about strontium dog too like i'm already vested and i'm really excited but it's, we're still kind of like setting out everything's on setup but do you know what spent no time fucking around <laughs> like in these last three progs was fucking slain like that's going mm. right in the top spot it was so good just smashing and time traveling and ridiculousness <laughs> and time worms and yoke like it really is just like letting itself be and stay ridiculous mm-hmm. um while also being awesome i'm really into it so, nice yeah. how about you connor what, what's uh what's top and bottom oh man i mean I have to say, I, I'm going to agree with you that uh, Rogue's on my bottom, more just sort of as a process of elimination. Like, you know, mm-hmm. 
this is sort of it feels like just kind of bog standard rogue trooper stuff this month you know like yeah. it's a standard stuff i i did really like this story as a rogue trooper story i yeah. like the idea you know just sort of a one continuous storyline rogue and the chips all working together to fight this big force and stuff i thought that was you know really good for rogue trooper um but man just in comparison to other stuff it's just got to be at the bottom um yeah you know, it's, it's 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 nothing against Rogue. It's just in praise of the other stuff. Um, I feel like, you know, I really like this Dread, Judge Dredd story, of course. I always love just sort of, you know, random Mega City 1 stuff. That's mm-hmm. always a, a positive vote for me. Um, I thought Slain was pretty good, but man, like, um, I wish I could experience Slain more as just sort of ridiculous uh, sci-fi fighting and stuff like that. Um yes. I try to put together, you know, when I do these recaps, I try to put together how it makes sense. And mm. whoa, I just, I'm, I get very confused about sort of all these terminologies <laughs> and the sort of metaphysical nature of this slain story and stuff like that. Um, mm. Which, I mean, I don't know if that's fair, but it is sort of a stumbling block for me where it's just like, yeah. I mean, you know, if I, I, I feel like, I I have in the past read this story and experienced just sort of uh, um, Merlin explaining things. It just sort of like like let the wall of text wash over me. And this time I'm trying to pay more attention to how it actually goes. And I'm like, okay, <laughs> it's not <laughs> as soon as soon as he tried to start explaining mumbo jumbo. That's when I was like. All right, fast forward a little bit. Yeah, I mean, I- I- exactly. I'm I'm sort of trying not to do that, and I don't know if it's the right move. But um, so, no, nah, man, you got to get to time worms. Yeah, <laughs> more, yeah. Mostly, I'm just like, yeah, time worms. Yeah, this this uh monster fight. That's all real awesome. Like also like Nazis and like the wet wemmed and waft of the universe and time spirals. Like okay, I don't know, but um, <laughs> you know. I, I will say I agree with you that I feel like Anderson is still in the setup phase, you know, like mm-hmm. this is all very much sort of getting things to the judges being back and then um, them writing out and doing stuff. And we're going to see them doing stuff next episode. So that's sort of when that awesome. really gets started. Um, so I'm, I'm going to say my top is a strontium dog. Um, maybe, you know, again, this is, we're sort of recording this like the week after uh, Carlos Escara has died. So I'm sort of, a, I, I, it, it's sort of a pent, a sentimental pick. Um, yeah, of course. But I really love this like setup of, you know, just a bunch of, um, of uh, bounty hunters in a bounty rich environment. Um, and sort of, you know, working your way through, like, you know, you've got one big one, but there's also other stuff to do. Like, you know, I'd play this video game for sure. Oh, fuck yeah. Or this, like, D&D campaign or something like that. I love, um, all the vehicles and stuff, like the, both the trikes they're all riding and Facebook Nulty's big, uh, bounty RV and stuff. And then the big fight at the end where everybody's blasting around and stuff is really great. And just the action of it is really, is really Really fun and sort of keeps you going with that too so yeah so definitely strong team dog for me at the, at the top or trooper, trooper at the bottom and people in different things um yep and i i should say that like i don't know if it's super fair to sort of say like um slain has a little bit too much mumbo jumbo in, in it for me just because if, if that's the case then you're sort of anti-slain and i'm not anti-slain but <laughs> i'm worried about all this mumbo jumbo well so like i'm i'm gonna i'm gonna agree with you on this thing which is like it does do a little bit too much of like the, the this is how it works and Merlin and Atlantean and shit. And I'm like, I know you're setting flavor and I know that you're trying to tie it to like 
this world that you're building, but I already got that. That's like a check, right? Yeah. You, I'm he just, said, yeah. I want to send you through time to basically kill dudes. And I'm like, great, signed up. Yeah. I don't need them. I'm anxious to get to the fight. Honestly, I'm mostly anxious to get to the fall when we're going to be playing D&D in the middle of this lame comic, oh, which awesome. is I've been looking forward to since we started doing this podcast. And I, I'm very like, no, I want to get there kind of for it. <laughs> so, you know, it's um, it's it's it, th- that's my cross to bear. I guess the cross which is actually a symbol of the ancient evil druids that mean to destroy us all or something. Anyhow. <laughs> Oh my god. I hope you enjoyed the show. As always, you can find Space Spinner 2000 on iTunes, Stitch, the Google Play Store, our podcast site, spacespinner2000.com. Feel free to contact us at spacespinner2000 at gmail.com on the 2080 forums or on our Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter pages on Twitter at spacespinner2k. Everything else, Space Spinner 2000, that's a two and three zeros, and we should be there. Come back next time as the dark judges attack both Ronald Reagan and Casper Weinberger blocks uh slain <laughs> makes new friends the big bust continues and rogue has a quick clam bake or maybe crab oh. bake whoa <laughs> <laughs> also come back n- uh, also also check back on thursday of this week for the second episode of space spinner reaction it's got oh it's cool yeah I, i'm i'm really in, i'm i'm i've We've been getting a lot of really good response for it, and I'm really excited to keep it going. It's got sharks, athletes, and dredger. (laughs) Yeah, I was about to say, I'm so sad that I'm not reading them because dredger sounds fucking awesome. It's so amazing, you know, like... He threw coals in a guy's face. To fight these guys, we'll have to go dirty, but no one's dirtier than dredger. That's so fucking fantastic. Like, just that alone. Absolutely. Oh man, until then I'm Conrad Eastbox and we are Space Spinner 2000. Sunday perfect.